It's news from heaven. Only some married partners stay together after death. I mean, what makes a soulmate a soulmate? And can we move past? There's a rather crude system we have here for, you know, are you with somebody and are you not? When we're talking about marriage, there's this legal thing that we get into. And sometimes that means that, you know, the people in it are very happy and functional. Sometimes it's very dysfunctional. Uh, I remember talking to somebody who was saying like during their childhood, they were hoping their parents would get divorced because they had this antagonistic relationship, but were bound together by that marriage thing. You also have people who, who aren't in a marriage contract, but yet are living together really harmoniously. So Swedenborg comes in and says after death, in the life after death, there is this, not just marriage, but like the ideal, like soulmate kind of you're getting together more and more but who how what is the mechanism that you do just each have to make sure i better go out and find that person and make sure we can get a house together and do this what pulls us together after death and what can this teach us about just the way that life is because it should be that this is something that lets in a little more light that as we see the picture of how life really works and what is really important in life what really matters in the end, what is really long lasting, that that is something that can come in and give us a little bit of light uh, to be a, a barrier as the everyday negativity fears. Maybe in this case, you know, relational fears, will I end up with someone? Or if I got someone I love right now, will they stay with me or, or what? Oh, that's my uh, dog walking around in the background there. Cool, good, good, good to have an audience. All right, this is from Swedenborg's book, Marriage Love. We just got two numbers for you actually here, 48B and 50. He did 48 twice, so we're calling this one 48B. And this is, the first number is mechanics, and the second number is marriage and how they apply. After death, everyone is brought into a world called the world of spirits. Did you know that? That there is a natural... Uh, there is a natural progression of your consciousness after death. But again, we're talking about systems here because what it's not like you, everyone is brought into the world of spirits. Might sound like, well, there's some group of people that takes you there. This is what happens naturally when it's where your spirit's already residing. So if you think about it in terms of systems, like here in the world, everybody who is lighter than air go, goes up into the sky. It doesn't happen, but that's the way the helium works. That's the way lighter element. It's, it's a universal law, right? So there, it's just this world of spirit state. It's just what happens when your spirit is no longer attached to the body. It's halfway between heaven and hell. And it is where we are prepared for heaven if we're good and for hell if we are evil. Dun, dun, dun. And by the way, the preparation, like the, the factors of that preparation is some people really want to get to heaven and some people really want to get to hell because rather than hell being this place of eternal punishment and heaven being you know everything you want hell is the pleasure of evil so everything harmful we love to do to each other everything perverse or uh, antagonistic or um, domineering those pleasures that we can get out of that, that's what hell is. And those all come with these nasty side effects. But heaven is the opposite of this. It is this love of, there's a person 
how are they? Uh, you know, I wouldn't want that to happen to me, so I don't want to do it to them. That's what heaven is. The goal of this preparation, what's it like to be prepared for heaven or prepared for hell? The goal of this preparation is for our inner and outer selves to agree and be whole and not to disagree and be split in two. So it's all about authenticity because here you can be really critical and nasty in what you think and feel about people, but you act nice or your intentions towards them. Just you don't know. You go, you're going to go buy something from someone. You don't know if you can trust them or not. They are split in two in this world and are whole only in people who are truly honest. So we can even get there here in this world. This split is particularly obvious in cheats and deceivers, especially hypocrites, sycophants, imposters, and liars. Or if we happen to be all of the above. Obviously, being a hypocrite is a really good example of a split inner and outer self. It's what makes the world so confusing. Is that you, you don't know who you're actually dealing with and the motives are, are kind of inside. It also can com complicate relationships because you meet someone and you don't know exactly who they are, you think you do, or you know what, you can't really tell like how compatible are we? This is the kind of stuff that becomes clear in the afterlife. In the spiritual world, however, no one is allowed to have a divided mind like this. If we were inwardly evil, we must be outwardly evil as well. Or conversely, we must be good in both respects. And don't think of it as like the enforcement of that. Again, is like let's say there's some angels and they have these like angel swords. You know, people depict angels with swords. And they're saying, you can't have a divided mind. Think of it more like a centrifuge. And we use this example from time to time on this channel, but it's a really good one. So centrifuge is, you've got this little top here and it's rotating extremely fast, this little vial, and you have different substances in there. And because they weigh different things, you know, this, again, I'm talking about weight, the heavier stuff naturally through this spinning process finds the bottom middle stuff in the middle, so on and so on, you get the lighter stuff up here. Think about the spiritual world like a giant centrifuge. And you you cannot there, because of the motion of it, having a split um, inner and outer self, the motives and your portrayal, your personality don't fit, that, that can't exist in the new gravity that we find ourselves in. If we were inwardly evil, we must be outwardly evil as well. Or conversely, we must be good in both respects. Just just own up to what we are. Because I know that I don't want the next person next to me outwardly good and inwardly evil, meaning like they're, they're friendly to me, but they're planning my destruction. All we're saying is just, <laughs> you just gotta tell it like it is. After death, we all become what we were inwardly, not what we were outwardly. To this end, we are allowed to experience our outer and our inner states in turn. When we are in our outer state, all of us are sensible. That is, we want to appear sensible. Even evil people, though of course inwardly, evil people are insane. And Swedenborg is kind of harsh on evil people, but what he'll say is not saying that if you are making your life about defrauding people and gaining revenge on people and subjugating other people, it doesn't mean you can't be clever. Swedenborg talked to a lot of people who are deeply devoted to this evil stuff, who are very much seem to have mental capacity 
to string ideas together. You know, they're smart, but you're insane because it's so insane to devote your life to doing that. And that is self-destructive. It's other destructive. It's just this insane addiction to evil. It doesn't make any sense. That's the insanity that we're talking about. And that when you get put into this interstate, that becomes apparent. By alternating back and forth, the evil are able to see their insanity and come to their senses. Though if we have not come to our senses in this world, we cannot do so later because that means we love our insanity and want to stay in it. So this is what I'm talking about. Nobody's throwing you into hell, right? This whole process, why is there this centrifuge here? It's because this is a chance for us to, you, you guess what, you have a problem you didn't realize. There's this evil thing here. Look, you get to see it. And we're taking you through this whole process where you get to be in, the, in our normal state, the outer state, and then you get led into, whoa, look at this stuff that, that I'm really devoted to, even if I didn't, I'm not always examining myself and realizing that. And then back into outer state, so I can look back and say, kind of like if you just, if people who have just you know, had some kind of night where they got totally out of control, blackout drunk, and then they wake up the next day and they're like, I got I shouldn't have done that, right? Whatever happened, I shouldn't have done that. You got a chance to come back to yourself and look at it. Well, here it's saying that's the whole vacillating process. But if you're pre- preparing yourself really for hell, that's because, or, or the mechanism that, that operates by is that when you come into this state, you're saying, well, I don't mind. I, I, I don't, I see the harm that that causes, but I like it. It's fun. So we make our outer nature just as insane as our inner. And in this way, our inner and outer selves become one. Once this is accomplished, we are ready for hell. So if you're, if you're going to say, look, I want to stay there. I want to do that. Okay. Hell is essentially God saying, all right, if you want to do that, obviously you're dangerous to the rest of the human race, but I'm going to create a place. I'm going to have a place where your lifestyle, you can have it as much as you want, harming, doing the least amount of harm to yourself and to others. Okay. So there we have this sort of principle about how things work. And then, then, we're about to get to how this applies to married partners. On the other hand, if we're good, let's just, let's not all doom and gloom. If we're good because we turned to God and came to our senses in the world, then we have been wiser inwardly than we were outwardly. That is outwardly, we have from time to time been seduced to madness by the enticements and empty pleasures of this world. I love it that he's not, he's not some Puritan who says, look, if you've ever crossed some arbitrary line, it's over. Yeah, there's enticements. There's empty pleasures of the world. This can be everything from sort of the Hollywood, like, yeah, I, like I was just mentioning, like, I'm living a crazy life of drugs and out of control, um, defrauding, whatever it is. But it can be as little as, I mean, you know, we all have the desire to dominate people and humiliate people and everything else that's bad. We just, you can do that in little things. You lose your temper, right? That's its own kind of, insane pleasure. So we get enticed into all that stuff. It happens, right? If, if you're not intentionally and habitually devoting yourself to that, if, if you still have a conscience when, when you do it, you say, all right, maybe I shouldn't have done that. That's what it is to be being prepared for heaven. Consequently, our outer nature is necessarily brought into agreement with our inner, which as already noted is wise. So this is like, once it's been accomplished, we are ready for heaven. This is that, oh, not, isn't it frustrating when you feel like you're trying to do good and you keep backsliding and you keep messing up. 
this is saying, okay, we're going to, the person who you really want to be, we're going to make you that on all levels. So now, how, how, what's this all have to do with married partners? So we're getting sorted out. We're getting, it's becoming plain who we really are. We're, we're getting an integrity, our inner and outer self. Think what this is going to do to our ability to have a harmonious relationship. The only kind of married partners who can be accepted into heaven and stay there are partners who are or can be, even if we're not yet, deeply united so that they are virtually one. Because in heaven, a married pair is not referred to as two angels, but as one. That's the unit of humanity. So we get this uniting, this like deep love that leads to that. So people who don't really like each other, God is not going to try to cram that together. And people who are not interested in becoming one, nobody's going to force that. So you're going to be stuck in a relationship just because you started one here. This is the meaning of the Lord's statement that they are no longer two, but are one flesh. The reason no others are accepted into heaven as married partners, this will get there, but maybe not together, is that, and this is, this is the me- mechanics of why. This is the universe. Why? Why not? Why can't you just have people cohabitating that, that don't really love each other? Is that no others can live together there. In other words, share the same house, bedroom, and bed. Why? We can do it here. All partners in heaven, it's the difference between the spiritual and physical world. All partners in heaven are associated according to the closeness or intimacy of their love. This determines their living arrangements. After all, in the spiritual world, there is no distance. So why is it different here? Well, one thing, no distance, only the appearance of distance. And that distance depends on how a person lives, which in turn depends on what that person loves. So rather than physical space determining proximity, in the, in the physical world that we're in, the outer determines the inner a lot of the time. Why are you close to someone? Well, because we're in the same house. Well, because we're I'm next to them in line, hopefully six feet away. This, this is what determines it. In the other world, in the spiritual world, how close you are emotionally determines how close you are physically. That that if there's a way of thinking and being that you really love, you are there. If you despise it, you are out. This is why there's heaven and hell, because heaven is a love, as we said, doing everything that's nice and good. And when you love that. You're there. That's what spiritual, there's no distance, is only love in the spiritual world. And if you love the opposite of it, you're as far as it is you can go, far from it as you can go, and that's what we call hell. So even though down to where you live in particular, like your particular spiritual GPS location, depends on what, how we live, which really depends on what we love. This means that people cannot stay anywhere but in their own homes. They're, you're not shopping and there's a chance, oh, I can afford this house, so I'll go there. Your home is an extension of your love. Whereas in this case, why are we living in the homes we're living in? How much money do we have? What was available on the market? Where are their jobs? External stuff. Their internal stuff. What you love determines what your ha- where your house is and what it's like. Homes provided and assigned according to what they love. If they stay anywhere else, their breathing becomes labored and short. You can't even breathe there if you if you try to stay there for more than a, I'm assuming a vacation. 
So here we go. Then how does this principle apply? Two people cannot live in the same house unless they are compatible. And married partners in particular must have the same priorities. This will be deep stuff. I, I know as we go through this, there's always a the potential to worry. Well, I, I do love my spouse, but I don't know if they have the same priority. I wouldn't worry about that. I think that the, the level of priority we're talking about is actually deeper than any of us are really consciously aware of. This is something that is on the soul level. This is why there has to be this whole process in the spiritual world of, you know, inner and outer states and finding out who we really are. And it seems that married partners who care about it, people who care about each other, that it usually works for. So I would just say, let's just read through the, the mechanics and see that is cool. Don't be looking at your current relationship and like, do we measure up? If you, the thing that keeps people apart is people love heaven or love hell, you know. Anyway, I've, I've said enough. I've tried. I hopefully, I don't want this episode to be anxiety producing. If it is, sorry, but it shouldn't be, I don't think. I don't think God is like that. God is not interested in ripping apart good things. If they do not agree, buddy is about keeping apart things that are harmful. If they do not agree on inward priorities as well as outward priorities, then the house or the location itself separates them, drives them out, and forces them to flee. So you have, if you look at the entirety of the world, uh, you have the spiritual world I'm talking about. Okay. So you have this, let's just do the whole spiritual world is this circle here. And there's a particular place for you, right? Right there. And there's a particular house that's on that place, which represents the mindset that you have. Well, you're, and let's say you, you know, you took this journey through life to get there. Your soulmate has such a compatible heart and mind that their journey took them you know, to the same room, not to the exact same spot, because you're still right there and they're still right there, although you can get closer and closer. But it's, it's the same journey that you're on to find your core place. They're finding their core place. And you see, oh, look, our core places were in the same place. That that, and that if that core isn't there, it's not like, oh, we've got to work this out. You can feel it, like the house helps counsel. This is why individuals who have been brought into heaven after due preparation are provided with a marriage to a partner whose soul is so drawn to a union with that of another that they both want there to be one life rather than two separate lives. So because of this principle, no matter what, everybody gets a soulmate relationship. And it's not just arbitrary. They're, they're, you, you know, your soulmate is your soulmate. It's not just like, okay, well, we'll stick it in there because it's easy to worry about that. This is something that Providence is taking care of more, uh, more in a more focused and treasuring way than anything. And there's a reason why everyone who's in your life is in your life. So I'm just trying to say, could well be there's a person you're with now and that's your soulmate. Could well be that you have nobody but you're definitely going to find them. Even people who have been married, we talk about this in, in the, our, our shows around this one, who, who, okay, maybe we don't quite fit. They still can live together for a while, really get that. Everything will feel right, is what I'm trying to say, because that is what heaven is. It's like a, getting everyone right where they can be in their spot, but then be the whole is this loving community together. And all that is done by universal processes that are, that are tailored 
because they're so magnificent to individual care. So this is not something arbitrary where it's going to be like, ah, oh, these angels put me over here with this person. I don't even like them. It's something that operates from the inside of us out from God, but it's in it, and it's not arbitrary and it makes total sense. And the end game is, you know, what movies are made about is this like ideal, happy existence with somebody that you then together as one angel go out and help the rest of heaven and help the human race because that's what heaven is and that's the news from heaven so let me know what you think leave comments if you have more questions about this kind of stuff and see if this is a principle that you can use even going out into your life this idea that look getting my inner and outer self together is key to this soulmate relationship so even if you're not in one in any relationship you can be getting your motivations and intentions and what you present to be more and more similar. So if you want to support us, go to otle.causevox.com. That's how you can donate. We're a nonprofit. We really appreciate that from you. Thanks for watching. I appreciate you getting to hang out with me as we go through this topic and hope that it brings something good into your life this week. See you soon.